Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hello and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. It's producer Harry here. So this episode is something completely different, something um, we've not really done before. So we've got some of our friends of the show on. We have British actor from uh, EastEnders and many other great hits, Jake Wood. We have podcaster and author Katie Piper. And we also have ex Strictly Come dancer, the amazing Kevin Clifton. We ran an event recently because both Jake and Kevin and Katie, they're all podcasters themselves. And obviously they've been on our show in the past. And it was just a great event that, you know, during these lockdown times, how we could still meet up electronically over the internet and have a chat about all things podcast. So that's kind of what this episode is all about. It's a celebration on all things podcasting. So if you're someone who's thinking about getting started in a podcast, this is the episode for you. Um, Rob and Katie, Kevin and Jake, you know, they get into details on why they started their, their podcast, their shows, and they give all the tips and tricks and hacks on how, if you know, you guys really want to grow and scale a podcast, they give you all the tools and all the knowledge on how to do that. So this is something a little bit different. I hope you guys enjoy it. So enough from me. Let's just get straight into the episode with Mr. Rob Moore himself, Kevin Clifton, Katie Piper, and Jake Wood. But remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And we're live. Hello, everyone, on the podcast Quarterly Mastermind. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. Where's your lockdown beard? You've like had a shave everywhere. Yeah, I'm going back to work soon, so I've got, to, I've got, to, uh, I'm prepping. I'm getting ready. Kev, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for uh, jumping on. That's right. Nice beard. Yeah, thanks, honey. <laughs> how are you? I'm all right. I'm good. You've, you've dragged me away from, uh, from jet washing and, uh, and lying in the sun. So thanks for that. Oh, well, I hope it'll be worth your time and you can blame me 100%. Huge Instagram follow. You must be nearly a million now, Katie. Nearly. It pains me that I'm not at a million. <laughs> what, what are you at now? Let's have a look. I think it's nine, four, something. Nine, nine, four, five. Wow. In probably what, in a few weeks or something like that, you're going to be, a, I mean, a million followers on any social media channel. That's massive. It's good, but I suppose it's about how interactive and engaged those followers are, isn't it? Well, Am I not? Good. Mine are very engaged, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true, but it's still, you shouldn't take away um the impact that you're having across the world well yeah i guess I, ne I never really thought about it like that I, I think what i've created on my ig is quite like-minded community so yeah. if i put something up lots of people not they don't have to d agree with me but they will debate they will discuss and they would have probably had that experience too so it's yeah. quite a resource you're really passionate about podcasting as a podcaster and a fan yeah so can you tell what your podcast is and the kind of concept behind it and why you wanted to do it. So uh, my podcast is called Pound for Pound. Uh, it's predominantly a sort of a, a boxing boxing podcast, boxing sort of the umbrella. Um, so we're a boxing podcast. I do it with my best mate, um, Spencer Oliver, who's ex-European champion. Um, and I guess boxing, uh, why boxing? It was just a huge passion of mine. Um, Rob, you know, I used to box when I was a kid. In back in primary school, I did a bit in the, in the gym in King's Cross when I was young. Um, sort of fell out of it because I got into acting, but I've always been a massive fan. I've always been a, a huge fan of the sport. So it's always a passion of mine. Um, and yeah, so two and a half years ago, we started to do uh, started to do the podcast. And through Spencer's contacts, um, we, we've spoken to everyone in the boxing world, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Tony Bellew. Um, and then through sort of people that I know, we've done Gary Lineker and Piers Morgan. Um, so it's sort of like we're taking a wider view of, 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 uh, 
of boxing. So we're not we're not specialists. We're not you know I'm not a facts and figures man. I'm more a passionate fan, a passionate supporter of the sport. And uh, and, I, and I guess Spencer Spencer gives us the inside track. He's the pro. He's you know he's the the guy that's been there. That um, you know European ex European champion. So it's a really good balance. And I and I and I think. I think we try. We set out to do something that no one else was doing, which was, uh, yeah, a boxing podcast, which was a bit more, bit more relaxed, a bit more fun, a bit more bantery. The main reason, first of all, was just because, just because I love podcasts. I'm, I'm sort of a bit addicted to podcasts. Really, um, I've always got them on, um, like whatever I'm doing. But there's a podcast on in the background. Um, you know, whether even if I'm just walking to the corner shop and back, I'll, I'll have a podcast in my ears. And um, I, I just, I just love it. So I always just fancied having something of my own. Like, like at first, it, w- it was never even really my intention to set it up for any sort of business purposes. Although you always told me, like, you, n- you need to have a podcast. You're like, it'd be a great idea for you to have one. Um, and 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 I knew that. But but at the, and at the same time, I just, I just love the idea of doing one, almost like a hobby. Um, just because I love listening to podcasts, and and I, I love listening to anyone talking about the thing that they're knowledgeable about, like their craft or their art, you know, whatever. I, I like listening to different actors and singers and, um, yeah, just, just performers. And then, you know, I got into, like, business podcasts and stuff. I was listening to your podcast. And, um, yeah, I just love listening to people talking about their stuff. And I just thought um, I'd love to interview people, or you know, about their craft of acting, singing, whatever, dancing, um, and then get to talk about some of my experiences too. Um, yeah, so that was the main reason for starting it up. So it's called Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Um, and for me, uh, anyone that doesn't know my story, I was badly burnt in an acid attack when I was younger. And I've kind of shared that quite publicly through books and documentaries. So as a result, people kind of treat me a bit like a hairdresser, where they come up to me and they tell me all their problems. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're uploading and they want help. Uh, sometimes they've got this phenomenal story and you can't believe it's not a film. You can't believe it's real and they really inspire you. And I wanted to kind to get those two different sections of society together to help one another and you'll know yourself you know I enjoy helping people but you can't help everybody so the more platforms you create where other people can can enable and, and help others the better so I actually created it quite a few years ago it's in like series three now but it's funny now lockdown and corona has happened there's this appetite more than ever for not just inspiring stories but some answers some advice some common ground and the downloads have just gone through the roof since what's happened i think you've got a really strong concept jake you you when you talk you make it sound very relaxed and natural but in reality i think that's a a, a clear concept um i remember listening to your show when i first found out about it probably researching when you were coming on my show how we met yeah and some of your podcasts, you and Spencer will just start pissing yourself for about 10 minutes. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was laughing at. I was just laughing at you laughing. And I don't think you knew what you were laughing at. You were just laughing. Yeah. And I, I just remember thinking, yeah, that's kind of cool. That What I love about podcasting is you don't have to be anyone else. You don't have to copy anyone else. You don't have to be like anything else. You can just 100% be yourself. Yeah. You're not edited by anyone. You're not you know, commissioned by anyone, controlled by anyone, owned by anyone, yeah. bought by anyone. Have you felt that freedom in your show? 100%. I think that's, I think we wouldn't do it if we felt we were under any sort of, con, con, you know, any constriction to do it. And in fact, no one would let us do it if we wanted to, if we went to a broadcaster and, and, and wanted to do what we do, that no one would let us do it, Rob. So, the, you know, the only way we can... The only way we could do what we wanted to do was to do it. Um, yeah, you can't you can't do it with any with any restrictions. And 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 for me, I think one of the things I love about podcasts is that there aren't those const- there aren't those um, constrictions. There's you know um, people are free to say what they want, how they want to say it. And um, a lot of the times, you listen to podcasts and you don't connect with um, with what someone's saying. That's fine. You just move on and you sort of. You listen to someone else, but I think when you make a, a connection to someone, it's um, yeah, it's quite in, it feels quite intimate because because they are, you know, the ones that I like, they're like resolutely their own person. Um, they make no excuses for who they are. When I won Strictly Come Dancing, 
I was getting all these um, like messages from everyone just saying, well done, so happy for you. Um, you know, they can't, can't believe it. What, what an incredible night, blah, 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 blah. And then like the next day I got one from you going, imagine if you'd have already had your podcast set up. <laughs> imagine the episode that would be coming out now, like the day after, uh, the day after you've won Strictly. And I was like, yeah, I know, you're right. I, I really need to get onto this. <laughs> but then I, I suppose um, it changed because like, once I started, um, it wasn't as easy as just, or I, I sort of felt like I didn't know all the tools of how to interview everyone sort of remotely. Um, I, I struggled, at, my first struggle was with the equipment itself. Um, so like, you were like, right, you need to get this, zoom recorder and, whatever. and i'm just useless when it comes to all the technical stuff and even remember we had that session where um like your your team showed me and we filmed everything <laughs> exactly what buttons to press what settings and everything like it couldn't have been easier and i had this zoom recorder and um and i set it i watched the video and did it all meticulously through da, 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 da. think i've got it all set up i did an interview I don't know, with someone, just like a, a practice interview, but I thought this, this will be my first episode and did the whole interview for about like an hour and a half and then went to play it back. Nothing. Couldn't find it. There's no file there with any audio on it. So I've obviously done something wrong. So I remember like getting in touch with you guys and being like, I'm, oh, I just don't know what I'm doing with this equipment. <laughs> obviously, I'm doing something wrong, but I don't know what. And then you went, right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you like the, the easiest one. And you sent me this this little guy this this little zoom recorder which is a i don't know it's h1 i'm i'm sure it's like the simplest one that you can get and you're like <laughs> all you need to do is press record like that <laughs> button in the middle there um and it's attached to this little mic that fixes onto my shirt so i had two of them and um and that was the easy way of me doing it so i just pressed record and 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 started recording so i would record like interviewing people that I was around, whoever, like, uh, I was in, like, a theatre show with, um, because that's, I, I didn't know how to do it remotely or, like, over the phone or over Skype or anything like that, and, and I was always sort of so busy that I was like, oh, I'll just do it with people that I'm around or I'll just have episodes where it's me talking. Um, and that was great, and, we, you know, we started getting episodes out and, and, and we're getting a nice response. Um, if anything... Going into um, this lockdown situation now, um, what what that's brought me is um, Zoom. So like I didn't really know about Zoom before lockdown. Now everyone in the country like knows about Zoom, and it's become you know you started off doing like family quizzes and stuff on Zoom, and um, I thought maybe I'll I'll interview someone over Zoom. And, um, and, and your team told me to just like, oh, set it up like this, press that, but go into settings, press that and press that and press that. And then that means it will record both sides. So the audio is good on both sides, you know, or whatever. And then you can just whack the, whack the file over to us and you don't even need the, um, don't even need this. And that has been a revelation for me um, because so now I've got time and I've got Zoom it sort of changed the game for me. Now I'm interviewing everyone left, right, and center. I'm just texting like people off Strictly, other people that I that I um, know, sort of in showbiz or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, whenever you're ready, which is like everyone's ready all the time right now. Um, <laughs> you can just do a Zoom chat and, and record it and send it over. So for the first time since I started it, I feel like I've been a bit last minute all the time like oh i'm gonna have to get an episode in in the next three hours otherwise there's not going to be an episode ready that was sort of my first few months of doing it now for the first time because of lockdown and zoom i feel like i'm i'm about six weeks ahead something like that <laughs> um you said you started quite a while ago so how long have you been doing it and how many um episodes have you done I reckon it's two years um, and it was because of meeting all these different people and having all these ideas and anyone that's worked in telly will know you have an idea, you take it to someone, then you take it to someone else and then it can take years to develop and sometimes then the memento is gone. So I thought, well, I don't want to wait for other people to enable me to do things I'm passionate about. I'll just do it myself. And it started um, very low budget and not as a moneymaker, um, which was fine because I had other commercial interests and this was a passion. 
and now it's developed into something I give a lot of time to. And we've got some great sponsors. Pantene is one of our sponsors, The Economist, um, Milk and More. And it's become really commercial. But that wasn't my why I set out to do it. And sometimes I think when you forget about um, what you think they want and what they'll pay for and just do what you want, then it becomes really, really popular, which yeah. has been a, a good business lesson for me. Don't always think about the audience. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, sometimes I think if you're in the public eye, you can get too obsessed with reading reviews and feedback. And then you start creating, like, second guessing and creating what you think will be popular, but wasn't really what you were actually interested in. So then when you delivered it, you probably really weren't that believable. Yeah. Um, So, like, if I did a podcast about sport, it would be rubbish because other than weightlifting, I'm not really that sport led you know yeah. so yeah but this is people that i genuinely want to go for dinner with and i get them on the yes. podcast and, I, and that's what we do that was a lesson for me katie as well because when i created my disruptive entrepreneur um i kind of at first thought i better go for big business owners right and what i found is if i'm sat with a guest even though they've got a big story and i'm not really that into it doesn't quite hit the spot. But I interviewed John Barnes, who's not even in business really, but yeah. he's my favourite footballer ever. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And because I loved it, I think my audience loved it. So I think it's good to get feedback from your audience, i.e. ask them what guests they would like on the show um, yeah. and ask them what content they would like. But sometimes you're allowed to do your podcast for you, for mm-hmm. you, for you. Because you know, sometimes you think, oh, it's so selfish of me to want to interview John Barnes um, or the CEO of Odomar P game, my favourite watches. Um, oh, and yeah. then, you know, think of some other names. But then I thought, wait a minute, if if when they listen to your podcast, they follow you, you're the host, they have a good rapport with you. Um, to the point where I interviewed Jordan Belfort recently, the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah, well, it was. But like, I was a bit nervous about doing it because obviously he is a, um, an ex-criminal. Um, <laughs> and and, you know, and then he did lose a lot of money for a lot of people. I mean, it wasn't the only one. But I, because of that, I was a bit nervous. I didn't want to – well, I was just a bit – I wasn't actually going to do it. And then I did a, a poll of 500-odd people and 495 said, yes, do it. Mm. Um, and I did it, and it was good. But actually, quite a few of my fans said, oh, Rob, you know what? There wasn't really the rapport there. Or maybe you weren't, you know, your usual self. You were a bit cold. You are a bit distant. And I wasn't really. It's just I wasn't yet a fan of his, and there wasn't yet the rapport. Mm-hmm. And even though I thought I did a good job, my my audience noticed, you know, because I, I asked him when was the last time you took drugs. I asked him, um, you know, did you pay back all your investors? I asked him some quite hard questions, which isn't really me. I'm, I'm, I'm not like a journalist type question answer yeah. asker. But all my fans wanted me to go there. A lot of people said, "Well, he's, he's lost a lot of money. You better ask him about that." So I did. So I think there's a big thing, like you said, in interviewing people you really like and and doing the show for you because it's always going to be a success if you do it for you. It can never be a failure if you love it, even if you don't get hundreds of millions of dollars. I do some voice work for uh, an American company and they built me a studio. Yeah, so it's not very big. Um, Look at that. Yeah, but it's all right. It's all soundproofed and... Yeah, so got all the bits and pieces. So I had that out there anyway, Rob. That was always that was always there. So I'm very lucky in that respect. Um, I've got all the equipment, but but nowadays you can do podcasts. You know, you don't need much really. You need probably a no. kit, um, a Zoom um, with a few good mics coming off of it. There's all yeah. this, you know. Um, I'm in Zoom, the physical bit of Zoom kit as opposed to Zoom online but even on zoom on yeah that's it but even zoom online you can record uh you can record now can't you can and you can separate the audio channels on the zoom online so when you when you're recording it make sure you separate the audio channel so you can edit it and stuff play around with the levels so it's really easy now to um to podcast it's so easy finding the the way of doing it like like i say for for me it's it was zoom has really opened it up for me um Mm. and i've been and it's sort of forced my hand lockdown but yeah, for, for me, I would constantly sort of second guess it all the time. That, that was the starting bit for me was, it was difficult because it was like, I really want to do it. But then, you know, oh, time and what to talk about. And, you know, I've always been a, a little bit, um, a little bit like, oh, but are people are going to be interested in what I have to say, which is when I call you <laughs> and, and you sort of, yeah. 
have to change my mindset on it. They're like, you know, I'm, I'm always like, oh, are people really going to be that interested? And then get, getting going, you know, with the, with the equipment, it all sort of started very slowly. And, and then I sort of was like, oh, I've had all these ideas about what I want to do with my podcast. Now I'm, now I'm doing it and I don't have like a million amazing guests lined up. I'm going to, I'm three hours away from my deadline. Otherwise, there's going to be no podcast this week. So I'm going to have to just record one, just me talking. So I'm going to talk about something that I'm passionate about, you know, to do with performing or, or whatever. And I'd be beating myself up thinking, oh, it feels like a cop out. You know, I wanted to be interviewing Al Pacino. And, now, <laughs> and, and, it, and it turns out it's just me talking, you know, no one's going to be interested. But then, so I'd be in that zone and sort of dragging my feet a little bit. And then you put it out there and then you get feedback on social media where people go, oh, I really enjoyed that episode. And you realize that, like, actually, people are just interested in in what you have to say. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, oh, I'm doing one about acting this week. It doesn't have to be I'm doing a Zoom chat with Al Pacino. <laughs> it's, it can be just, you know, like me saying some stuff and people get interested. Some people might say, well, what's interesting about me? What have I got to offer? And it could be something you do every day that you don't even second guess. So maybe you've got a nut allergy and every day you prepare meals that are for years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk, and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496. 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. free and you avoid nuts when you're out and about and someone who's just had a baby who's got an allergy might go and look for that niche thing and want advice want tips want to know how to dine out and you might have this whole wealth of knowledge that you're being dismissive of and you could share and that could go everywhere and it could expand into commercial food industry and writing books and sometimes you can really be dismissive of these huge strengths and wealth of knowledge you possess because it's just every day to you but what's every day you isn't every day to other people and they're at the beginning of discovering that thing so you can educate them what's podcasting done for you jake i know you're a fan as well as a podcaster um could you talk about obviously you've got sponsors now you've got plans for that obviously you must met cool people what's it done for you i think i think all of those things um first and foremost the the, the podcast subject matter is is a real passion of mine so i, I suppose that's that, that has helped to to keep us going um because we we made a commitment two and a half years ago to do it weekly um which you know i've got a busy schedule at eastenders and and spencer's pretty busy guy as well so sometimes it's 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 you know you know sometimes this last thing you want to do in a week is uh find find the time to to squeeze it in but i I think that's really helped it's a passion of mine so yeah for me it's just been a uh it's been a joy you know to to get into um boxers heads like tyson fury and uh, anthony joshua and um you know that for me is a, is a real pleasure to speak to those guys every week um what else does it give me yeah i've met some cool people like yourself rob and all that and so some of some of the boxers um so i think there, there is that you make connections i've certainly learned how to uh to be uh, a better broadcaster and interviewer, hopefully, maybe. Um, so much so that Let's I... Talk about that. Jump in before I forget that one, Jake, and then we'll come back. Because yeah. actually, you reminded me before you said, oh, my podcast probably weren't that very good in, in, in the early days and we've improved. And now you've said you're a better interviewer. So what are the improvements you've made and what makes you a better interviewer? 
preparation, I think, is important. Um, uh, listening. And also just, uh, yeah, giving people the space to talk. Um, I think it's being well prepped and then it's having the sort of confidence that if the conversation goes off anywhere, that you can go down that line um, and then come back to, you know, to what your come back to kind of maybe what, what the what what the overall thing is like so ours is kind of mindset and pos- positive thinking and uh and and overcoming obstacles stuff like that we're really into all that stuff so so that's yeah so often boxers have got great stories you know um you know you can talk about individual fights where they came back from you know the brink of defeat you know stuff like that or you know some hardship they've had in their private life or stuff like that so so I guess it's 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 yeah preparation to know what to know what your what you kind of what what the overall feel of it should be, and then within that, if they go off and talk about whatever else, then you can you can you've got the confidence to be able to do that. So um, mm. yeah, I think I, I think I think it helps if you're like really in, interested in people anyway, which I am. So I, li- I like I like the fact not that just that they're sportsmen, but I like, I like people anyway. So it just it just really interests me to you know what makes what makes people tick and all that. Um, Kev, you decided to use our agency rather than try and edit, host, syndicate, do show notes, images, etc. What? Why did you decide to go with our agency as opposed to do it all yourself? Uh, well, one because I could because I, you've got successful podcasts already on the go, so so I know I know that you know what you're doing. Um, you know, I've been listening, and I, and I also had, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. I've got a, a relationship with you, um, you know, so I, I trust you guys. Um, and two, like, I don't know, I didn't know the first thing about how to put it all together. You know, I could, it's all very well talking on a microphone, but then what happens after that in terms of it getting out there? Um, I didn't have the first clue and you sort of already had all that set up. Um, and also I didn't have much time to do all of that. So, um, you know, you've got to leverage people that can, can do it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you like me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then the, the, like the equipment and all of that is like, I can barely just get this together and press play on that. So it, it just became easier for me technically and time-wise and just experience-wise to record the thing itself and whack it over to you. And then yeah. you do the rest. And it just sort of appears in iTunes. And I look forward to it. I'll, I'll sort of like just my face appearing up in iTunes every week and going, oh, that happens. And I have no idea how it happened, <laughs> but I just yeah. recorded it. And there's something like, it's either 60... Um, million Facebook pages or 60 million YouTube accounts. It's one of the two. Um, but there's only about 600,000 podcasts. So oh, what's really? 1% of podcasts compared to either Facebook pages or YouTube channels? So I just think that shows the um, the huge opportunity for growth. I mean, none of mm-hmm. us know going to happen in the next five years, but I do, I, I do imagine – there's going to be a lot more podcasts out there for sure. So it's exciting. Um, why did you launch your podcast? What, what made you think I'm going to have a podcast? I think it's to do with control of, I like to be in control of things. And, you know, if I get a no or a setback, I don't like to see that as, oh, well, that's that door closed, that park, that idea. And I had ideas for documentaries and they weren't getting commissioned. And, you know, for example, one of the guests I had um, was Maggie Oliver, who was the whistleblower in the Rochdale grooming scandal. And she was, she was a detective and she lost her job. Um, you know, exposing the corruption within the police, within politics, for not protecting those young girls. And, you know, those young girls were from a broken background and people decided because they weren't middle class, they deserved to be abused and exploited. And it's such a phenomenal story. And it's stories like that I wanted to give a platform to and talk about. And unless you're your own editor, producer and presenter, you cannot do that at the BBC or or anywhere else and I still make tv shows I still make docs but yeah it was kind of not frustration but always in my life whenever things have been taken away from me or people have told me no I've it's I've learned it's not the end and Mm. you just 
reset and keep going and, and find a way and just never give up. And, and there's look at the society we live in with the internet now. There's always a way to do stuff and there's always room for everybody in this kind of pool. You know, there's, you can't ever say, oh, other people are doing it. What's the point? You know, there's always yeah. room. It's interesting hearing you say that, Katie, because obviously you've got really good experience in mainstream media. I've always found podcasts to be, personally, of the ones I listen to, the most honest form of media. Mm. Um, I, I generally tend to go for unedited ones. Oh, so you do? There are, there, there are some I like, but they're highly edited. And I don't know why. I like the freedom. I like the tangents. I like the mistakes they'll be in. I like the rawness, the honesty, to know that nothing's been taken out, yeah. to be on the fly, a fly on the wall of everything rather than just the best bits. You're so nosy. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, not probably because I'm nosy, but you're right. But, you know, if you think about it, if you're someone who's famous, someone in the mainstream media or someone who's been interviewed a lot in mainstream, you know, you, you and I are both friends with Kevin Clifton and, and I, um, I, I, I spent a lot of time with him in fact, I drove, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say this, but I drove at 170 miles an hour being chased by paparazzis um, t- escaping Kev from what the shows he did. They were like, they were brutal. Um, yeah. And in that year he had, what, last year, year before, um, the media just brutalised him and they were yeah. making comments about him and they were phoning his friends saying, basically, lie about Kev, say this and I'll give you 25 grand. And, um, you know, there was all this... Um, these lies and this manipulation, but that doesn't seem to happen as much on podcasts. And because you can choose which podcast you go on um, and you can go on ones that are honest and not edited. And so I, I just love the honest medium of it. Yeah. When I started my podcasting, I'd already done a lot of public speaking, Jake. And I kind of, I, I guess I went in naive if I'm honest, because mm-hmm. I guess I thought, well, because I can public speak, I can probably interview and I found them completely different. Yeah. I actually found interviewing quite hard in the early days. And, and looking back, I was probably pretty shit. Um, have you found, did you find it hard, that art of the pause and that art of getting out of people, what you want to get out of them with having them still feel comfortable? How's your journey as an interviewer gone? Because it's an art form, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, the way that we do ours, Rob, is like there's me and Spencer usually in the studio here and then we get someone over the phone. Obviously, in lockdown, it's been we've been all three separated. So it's me, Spencer at home, and then someone else. Um, and again, that was a conversation we had early on whether that was a disadvantage to have people over the phone. Um, I think there's advantages to both, as opposed to being face to face with someone. I think um, I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both, if I'm honest. But for us, it, it, I don't think we could do the podcast any any other way, uh, just because of where these where everyone is and where me and Spencer are and it's it would be too complicated we haven't got the time to go out and go up to Liverpool Manchester wherever Leeds wherever these uh, kids are tra- you know these fighters are training to interview them we just couldn't physically we couldn't do it so we so we always do it over the phone and I think what that gave us very early on Rob was a sense of like I think we got great content out of people and people were immediately really relaxed and I think that was because and I spoke to I've spoken to Spencer about it. I think it's because people are on the phone and they're at home. They're like they could be in their pajamas and they're just chilling out and they're in a in a comfortable environment. And it's just it just feel it just from the very off it just felt very easy that we that we were just getting people really relaxed and just being really open with us. And and yeah. and I I do think that was an advantage. I do think that's an advantage for us because yeah because we we're. You know, you're not putting anyone in the studio. You're not putting a mic in them in their face. You're not putting them under the lights. You're not putting them in. You, you know, you haven't got that. You haven't. You, you not got the whole situation. You just all they're doing is picking up the phone, and having a chat, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And I always felt that the content we was getting was great because yeah, because I think people were relaxed. They were just at home. They were in a comfortable environment and just having a chat. Um, so that was. So, so that's. I think that's been. I think that's worked to our advantage. Um, yeah. Although I always feel that you probably you'd get content out of people face to face that you wouldn't get over the phone, but again, it's just practically that's what we need to do. Um, mm. And there's two of us, I think, and and I think that's been easier um, over the time. There's less pressure, I think, if there's two of you interviewing. Um, 
you'll both have the same list of questions and then you can both jump in. And I think Spencer would always ask the questions that I wouldn't think of asking. And I think I would ask questions that Spencer wouldn't think of asking. Um, I think we've got very good over two and a half years of of time in it and giving each other space to do it and jump in at the 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 you know the right time. I think very early on, there's always that. There's always, you're always like. Uh, I think we always talk too much. We like we like talking anyway. Me and Spencer, and it, <laughs> with the danger you, you want to jump in too quick. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think I think some of that is great. Because it's because it leads to a very like all the banter and stuff like that. But again, it's a delicate balance. But I don't know. I think we. I don't know. I, th- I like some of that anyway. I like some of it where it's where you jumping in. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you everyone's talking over each other. I like that a bit of that anyway. Um, but again, you know, whatever you do, someone's going to complain about it. We get people saying that you don't let the guests talk to talk enough, and you know, and and so I think you know, I think you just have to. I think you have to be clear about what, how you want to work it, how you want to sort of, you know, is it a very serious, if it, you know, if it's very serious and you've got someone from, you know, government or if it's business orientated or something, of course, let them speak. It's very important, isn't it? But we're just chatting yeah. to like box, having a laugh and fucking about, you know, so, um, <laughs> you know, how much you just want to hear them chat or do you want to hear me and Spencer jumping in and cracking up with them and having a laugh? Um, so, so again, I, yeah, I just, I think it's a delicate balance of the two, but you know, I think you have to know what you what what the product is and where do you see the future of podcasting? You know, you've been a fan for a long time of podcasts, like I am. I mean, I started as a fan before I was a podcaster. Mm. Do you think it's going to keep growing? How have you seen it change, and where do you think it's going to go? Um, I think it's become um, well, obviously, it's become more and more popular. Like like since sort of ten years ago when I first got into it. Um, it was like, what is this? What are these podcasts that you're listening to all the time? Like, what is it? Then it became like, oh, people sort of know about it. Um, and, you know, but oh, are, we, are we really getting into podcasts? Now it's really popular. Um, I still think it's going to keep growing because, it's, because it's, it's an easily sort of passive thing to do. You don't have to sort of watch anything to do it. You don't have to take your attention somewhere else. You can be on your run. You can be in the car. You can be um on the commute to work you can be washing the dishes you can be in the shower like you can have a podcast on pretty much whatever you're doing um and i think people are now cottoning on to the fact that it's um it's a real easy way of getting out there um and and sort of um building profile for whatever it is that you're doing you know but um building attention and i think more and more as well um, from, from what I'm hearing from podcasts, um, what people like, I, I think, because there's so much like with, with Instagram and sort of reality TV and, and all of that stuff, there's so much, um, uh, I don't know how best to say it, like everyone's profile is sort of fake in a way. It's like everyone's putting up this um, sort of special version of themselves like like the, the instagram pictures are, are them at their best they've done 50 takes of that picture to then put it and it's them like on a beach and and you know just living their life but actually that's not their real life and then you look at sort of reality tv shows um you know like kardashian style shows where it's like it's sort of um scripted structured reality it's not really reality it's like let's you know what's going to get the most hits and, and and all of that sort of stuff Whereas what, what I'm seeing more and more with podcasts and why I think they cut through is that people can be sort of very natural on them. And even like, you know, leaving mistakes and stuff. I quite like it on podcasts when rather than it being an o- overly polished sort of radio show type format, I like it when, you know, like, like someone will come in in the background while, while they're talking and then you hear them go, you know just all right yeah yeah we'll sort that out in a minute go make yourself a cup of tea and shut the door i'm just finishing this and i feel like you get this little window into the actual person and it all feels very real um rather than just this over-the-top polished version 
of, of yeah. someone like you might see on their Insta profile or, or on a really professional like radio show. Yeah, I think you're right because you, you instantly trust the person because it feels intimate. There's no studio audience. You feel like they don't have an ulterior motive. Mm. I think the only downside that can happen if you're a well-known person go on a podcast, the journalists listen to them and then they take a quote out of context and they yeah. make it nine. So like if I was on your podcast and said, oh, Oh, I was up last night and my kids, they're a nightmare. I hate them. And yeah. then they would have context and the headline would be like, Katie Piper hates her children. <laughs> and oh, you'd be like, that's a nice Daily Mail article. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, does it really matter? Probably not. But yeah, you are right. There's more control in that sense. And there's an opportunity to be more authentic, which is yeah. people read stuff about you and you wish the audience knew that wasn't true. Well, now is your chance in the podcast to be authentic and connect with the audience from the horse's mouth. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I guess, look, when you're a celebrity in in your limelight, they could take anything out of context anywhere. YouTube video, yeah, yeah, you on TV because because yeah, because we edit and host Kev Clifton's podcast for him, and he mm-hmm. regularly he'll send us the edit, but then afterwards he go, oh, we've just listened. You got to take this bit out because they're going to say this. You got to take this bit out because they're going to say that. And it's a bit of a shame in a way. He has to just. You always have to look at every sentence as a soundbite and how are they going to take it in isolation. But Yeah, it's difficult. It is quite exhausting, I think. Mm. All right. So um, what's podcasting done for you? We'll come to the monetization in a moment because you've got some sponsors and that's great. But mm. uh, what has it done for you in addition to monetization? Um, I think it's brought me um, a new audience that connect with me through whatever the subject is. It might have brought people that have never heard of me before, never read my books, never, maybe I didn't really appeal to them, they didn't think about connecting with me, but that specific subject they were searching for. Um, it's given me a purpose where I can fully feel good about the project. So because I am the producer as well, it's not like being involved in a job where you think, oh, it's kind of lost its way a bit, not sure if that's how I really wanted it to be. So that that full creative control is quite fulfilling because sometimes not your work is fulfilling. So that's a a positive thing. Yeah. Has it reached you to, you know, maybe connect with people you wouldn't have connected with before? Has it got you, has it helped with maybe, do you launch your books on it? Um, I mean, I guess you're downloaded in like hundreds of countries. Any of that going on? Yeah, it does help. Yeah. So, yeah, internationally, it helps. Um, Time wise, it helps because it's a lot of promo about you physically having to be there. Um, And yeah, if you have other business interests, if you sell product, if you write, if you produce other things, then, yeah, you can drive them all through one another. And if the podcast is authentic to your message, it all kind of is on brand for everything else that you're doing. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, I I write self-help books, so it's quite on brand to to my podcast. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you mentioned earlier, and I'm fascinated by this, and I still don't get it, so I'm looking forward to you educating me, Katie. I cannot wrap my head around series on podcasts. I guess guess if it's like a horror show or true crime or, you know, pure fiction, I can get – I get why they might have series like you do on Netflix. But I never understood why a a non-fiction podcast would have series. Okay. So, so educate me. Why do you do a series and why don't you just do one episode a week um, ongoing? Okay. I'm the sort of person that rolls my socks into those little sausages and lines them up in the drawer. <laughs> um, I'm also the sort of person that has emptied every cupboard in the kitchen and locked down and lined all the cups up neat. So for me, it's just a neat formative way to display it when you go to download it you can clearly see series one to two to three my style has probably evolved so you can differentiate over the series um i think marketing wise if you're going on tv shows and stuff and talking about it it's an easier way to package it and talk about it and it shows people that it's got longevity and maybe it attracts guests if they're not sure about coming on you say we've got a new series do you want to be in series four look who was in one and two and it's just an easier way to describe it thing do you theme them no but maybe i should no they don't have titles they don't have themes and but also maybe that's because the podcast is natural and you just go with the current climate whatever's happened in someone's life so that would be kind of hard to plan i think to do that Mm. do you not worry if you have a bit of time between series you might lose listenership um 
I worry if I'm not active on social media and in the general media promoting it, yes. I think between series is okay because there's so many to choose from and there's other competitors who are similar. You know, they will go and listen to other stuff. And I, I, I know myself as a customer, if I like something, I'll keep looking for it and returning to it. You know, I love Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. I can't wait for yeah. the next series. I'm not going to not watch it just because it's taking a while, you know. If you're yeah. a fan, you're a fan. Yeah, because I could understand that. I love Afterlife as well, by the way. I think that's brilliant. So and and if, it, if it's like a fiction series and then, it, you know, the next series, it evolves and it evolves like Game of Thrones or whatever, I, I get that part. I suppose mine is probably a fear or a scarcity mentality, Katie, that if I didn't have a podcast for three months going from between episode one and two, three and four, I might lose listenership or reach or rankings or I suppose I like the consistency of it. And also think like, well, yeah, series two, how's that different from series one? Yeah. Where, where, uh, yeah. Uh, you can have a natural evolution, can't you, if you don't have any series? Um, yeah. Then you feel freer because you're not kind of, you don't have to produce for that series, then make an next mm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just haven't overthought it like that. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I, I'm only asking because I'm a fascinated and B, obviously we've got lots of podcasters watching because oh. I just never really got, I sometimes think maybe people just do it because they think it's the right thing and haven't really thought about it strategically. Because uh-huh. um, if you think if you themed each series um, and, and, and evolved each series, that could be very powerful. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So if you had like one around one series around anxiety, one yeah. around stress, and yeah, yeah. Or, or one series is an interview series, another series is a conversation series, another series is maybe just you and your content, another mm. series is unsung heroes where they're intentionally not celebrities, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because a lot of people listening are probably going to go, oh, Katie's got series, maybe I should think about series. I think yeah. what it does do... <laughs> like for me, I love doing podcasts, Katie, and I know you do. I know you do but it, if you put a lot of work into it, you might just want to break for a few months to get fresh again and revitalise yourself. Yeah, and that's a nice way to do it because you've done mm. a series of that, and yeah, you, you promise you're coming back with another one in this in the summer or something yes. like that. Mm. Cool. Okay, then. Um, so monetization. Then. So you said that you've got a few different sponsors. Um, So can you tell us how you found the sponsors, whatever information you can do about the commercial element of the deal? Because obviously a lot of podcasters want sponsors. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, anything you can tell us will be really helpful. So I think don't try and assume who would and wouldn't sponsor and don't think, oh, it's an episode about properties that needs a property sponsor. That's not true. Um, You know, sponsors are interested in the numbers and who they're going to reach. It doesn't have to be the subject is suitable for them. So try and think of existing relationships that you already have, because for some people, podcasting is really new. So they might have never sponsored a podcast before, but doesn't mean they wouldn't if it was Mm. pretty to them so say Pantene I'm the face of Pantene I'm in the adverts I'm a model with them um and I just said oh look do you want to sponsor a podcast we could do a live podcast with an audience um as well as recording it for the platform um and we could do uh the podcast on hair loss you know and you and, and I pitched several different things to them and they were like excellent yeah I hadn't thought about that let's do that um so yeah it's about having connections and conversations with people and not being afraid to be turned down or and not being afraid to go back if you get turned down in a month saying actually we've got this and I think this is really work for you what do you think um and then the more you do that then the tide will turn and then sponsors will start coming to you and they'll say oh, it's in you ranking in the top 20 50 10 whatever we want to sponsor we want a mention we want to do an ad and then it builds like that Mm. I am um, I for 450 episodes never went with ads or sponsorship Katie I think I was being a bit too British and a bit too arty I'm not selling out rage against the machine you know and all this. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep my art pure but I definitely missed a trick um, and if I were to go back again what I would do is think about who would I promote anyway like who do I love anyway so for example I love Odomar Piguet I love Costa Coffee Zoom you know, obviously with the Zoom calls and the Zoom recording recorders we use. And someone said to me, Rob, you should get like sponsored by Zoom because you're telling everyone about your Zoom H1, your Zoom H4. 
probably sold thousands of these, never got a penny for it. So yeah. I, would, I would say to people, if that, you know, I'm a fan of McQueen, this is um, McQueen clothing. <laughs> if there's products and services you would probably share for free anyway, if you approach them, I think that you've got a little bit of a story. We went with Blinkist. They approached us. So, again, we didn't approach people. They came to us. But, you know, Blinkist, 15-minute summaries of books. I think what a great idea when we're all really busy. Yeah. Um, I found Blinkist very negotiable. So I think sometimes you think, oh, well, they're going to pay £30, 1,000 downloads, and it's this and it's that and it's official. Um, mm. But I, we negotiated them up quite a lot. We did, I think, a two-episode test first. Then it went well. Then we did another six-episode uh, sort of test, and we managed to get their, um, the, I think, their sponsorship up by about £15, 1000 So they're all quite negotiable, and, and you're able to discuss things with them. Um, I really like your for, your idea of going to them and saying, hey, why don't you sponsor a hair loss episode? Yeah. Um, so if people had specific themes going to specific companies, I think that's a good idea. Did you find your sponsors were quite open, flexible, you know, negotiable? Yeah. That's the key word. It's a negotiation. It's not like an email, will you sponsor my podcast, yes or no. You need to look at what can they offer you, what can you offer them. You know, you might be very new in your podcast, but you might have a really big Facebook group that you've been mm. running years so you might be able to say look if you sponsor my podcast i will give you an advert on it but i will also come on your i will put an advert on my facebook group for you or i will do a live for you you could you don't just offer the podcast you can offer other things you know yeah. maybe you're an expert in something and they have live events you might offer to come and do a talk if they sponsor the podcast for one year or something mm. you know you have to look at everyone's got something to offer um or something to kind of enrich the gaps where they don't yeah. have it um, so yeah, try and try and think of it in that way. Even two and a half years ago, we would we were trying to get sponsorship, and people would not know what a podcast was, or um, you know, not you know, what is it, what you're doing. You'd have all those kind of conversations. Um, there's four of us all together on the team, or five of us, I should say. Um, so a couple of producers and um, my agent helps to go out to find sponsorship. So. Um, he might be better to talk about more directly about that, but I think it's, I think basically it's all about numbers, isn't it? I think if you, you know, if you, if you hit massive, massive numbers, then, then they'll come and find you. You know, I think you, I think you won't have any, you won't have any concerns. But yeah, there's, yeah, I, just, I think I, I, there are ways of monetizing it. I think for us, it was always about getting a main sponsor. And we've had uh, we've had main sponsors. I, I think we are yeah we're, we're not we haven't got what we haven't got a main sponsor at the moment. But that's always our goal is always to to have one main sponsor um, and then to have the adverts that Apple and everyone and Acast put onto the podcast separately anyway. Um, so there's a little bit of revenue stream coming out of that. But obviously the main one is that if you get a main sponsor, that I think that's for us it was always the goal. Always the aim, um, but again, yeah, it's just hard to it's hard to it's it's hard to convince people of the value of it. Isn't it? Um, but I think advertisers are slowly coming around. Who did you get as your main sponsors? Who have you had over the time? A um, couple of betting companies, uh, Premier Punt, um, and yeah, just a couple of sort of betting companies. Um, so yeah, that was all good. But and, and I got the impression from talking to them, they just sort of um, they are they still. I think it's still early. It feels like it's still early days for them in terms of uh, in terms of realizing the value of of what a podcast uh, or being associated with a podcast can bring to them. I think I've noticed now that the press are listening to my podcasts, and yes. and so what they do is like my podcast comes out on a Monday and. By Monday evening, there's always some headlines, like a, a Daily Express headline or something. And they'll look for It's so funny. I'm, I'm almost playing a game with them now because it's like um, we'll be talking about. Um, oh, it, I can I can literally say anything and, and they will take that one little sentence completely out of context and spin it into a headline. And then basically that'll be the clickbait headline that you click on and then the article will be about nothing to do with that. But that's the, the clickbait headline. Um, 
and 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 like you can say anything. So now I'm like every time um, anyone says something um, that could be even remotely like twisted into a, a different thing, I'm starting saying you're welcome, Daily Express. <laughs> like I'm not on the podcast. <laughs> um, so like someone was talking about about a dance they did on Strictly Come Dancing, and they were going. Um, Oh, I had had this idea to to use balls, and they're talking about like basketballs or something like for the dance. And I, and they just said, "Yeah, I, I really wanted to use balls in my in, in my dance." I was like, "You're welcome, Daily Express." <laughs> <laughs> and so that that keeps happening. And, I, and now I've, it's not really like necessarily quirky or controversial, but like people on my podcast sometimes when uh, of um, you know sometimes they'll swear. Uh, like drop an f bomb or something, and at first I used to be so sort of, oh, oh, you know, I'm 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 a ballroom dancer on the BBC. I can't be seen to be saying things like that. But I think now with what I've been saying about just getting to see the real person on a podcast, I've started to relax a bit into like, you know, everybody swears, you know, <laughs> like and, and and you just sort of just sort of let it happen and 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 I've sworn a couple of times and, and weirdly even though I'm a 37 year old man it feels quite liberating just to swear in front of people and be like yeah I don't have to worry about that this is my podcast I can do what I want with it I can just be me on it I don't have to give you the um you know the the, the PR'd BBC version of me yeah you swear cool. all the time yours Oh, come on. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so your podcast is called, again, let us know. Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. And um, where, where do you most like people to follow you? You know, if, where would we follow you, where we can see what you're about and what you do? Um, I think on Instagram, my name is Katie Piper underscore. Um, and yeah, I have Twitter and Facebook, but I'm not as good on those. I'm better on Instagram. I'm on that yeah. 27, so... Oh, it's called the Kevin Clifton Show. <laughs> it's a really, really easy name. Um, I've battled with it for ages. What do I call it? What do I call it? And I'm just like, oh, the Kevin Clifton Show. Then it'll be easily, e- easily searchable. Really grateful. I always love talking to you, as you know, Katie. Um, so I want, on behalf of everyone watching, I want to say thank you very much. Oh, thank you, everybody. Lovely to chat. You're a legend, Kev. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I love hanging out with you, Jake. You know, I think you're awesome. I really appreciate you giving us your time today. No worries. Very kind of you. Um, love your show. Everyone should uh, listen. And thanks a lot. Wicked. Bless you, Rob. I'll see you soon. Cheers, Jake. I'm not one for sitting here thinking, yeah, you know, I've really delivered. I'm very proud. I'm not that kind of person. But honestly, I think we've done a great job. Kev Clifton, Katie Piper, Jake Wood, all massive celebrities with massive um, podcasts. Given their time, I didn't pay them. They didn't even ask for a fee. They're just given their time because, you know, I've got a good uh, friendship with them. But, you know, they're great, uh, genuine, nice people. Uh, I hope you felt like you got really good value. I tried to ask them all the same questions, but also some different questions each. Some of them were overly humble. I know that Katie and Jake are doing pretty well monetizing their podcast, making good money. They were a bit overly humble there, but, you know, I didn't want to push them. Um, As you saw with Jake, just approach people, send them a link. If they like your show, they'll go on it. So I thought that was really revelatory. Um, So stay with me because, um, as you saw with Kev Clifton, he uses our agency um, because I think you saw Jake Wood is very busy. I mean, he's a full-time actor in EastEnders. Kev Clifton, very busy. He was like one of the biggest celebrities, you know, when he won um, Strictly and honestly is one of the busiest guys I know. Um, and I believe that your job as a podcaster should be content, should be getting really good guests, should be marketing your podcast. More listeners in more countries, better, greater guests, and better, greater content. That's your job. Write that down. Better content, well, or evolving good content, good guests, and um, increasing your um, reach. That's your job. Everything else, hosting, syndicating, um, getting you on all the different platforms, editing, show notes, design, you name it. If you have to do that, you can't do content and um, great guests and increasing the reach. Oh, by the way, and of course, monetization. Um, so that's why Kev Clif- Clifton uses our agency. That's why he has the baby and not the labor pains, uh, because he decided he probably wouldn't get the podcast done if it wasn't for us. He doesn't know what to do. He's a bit of a technophobe as I am. 
So uh, I know many of you on this live stream are on our podcast agency. Pete uh, Lunton, he, he's been saying very kind things on the live about um, uh, using our agency. Um, I know Khadija loves using our agency too. Um, she's actually also one of our podcast trainers. Um, so we have nearly 100 agency clients now. We take on five to six per intake um, because we're a very bespoke agency. We're not a big agency. You know, we don't have thousands of clients. We have about 100 odd clients. Obviously, we've had thousands of people come through our podcast training. So if you're watching and you're not on our agency, then email us at podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk. That's podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk. If you want to consider applying to be, um, you know, use our agency. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to tell you a price. Um, I, I can't tell you when we can take the next intake. There may be a queue. There's very likely a queue. But as you can look at that, look at that. The email comes up. Email us at podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk. That's podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk. If you want to uh, apply and talk to us about us creating a bespoke package for you. So we've got three different levels on our agency. If you want two a month episodes, four a month or unlimited. If you want to be hosted on just a few platforms or all of them. If you want to be an amateur podcast or a professional one. Um, if you want other add-ons like show notes and voiceover, you want a voiceover artist and an intro and design, or if you just want the basic element, you know, which is on a lower budget. So for whatever budget you've got, we've got a package for you. We've got Starter Pro and Studio Pro. Starter is for the amateur, you know, part-time podcast, you know, still can be a great podcast, but, you know, you don't want to spend thousands or tens of thousands and you don't want it to be professional. Might be a hobby podcast or something like that. Studio pros for those of you that like me, like Jake, like Katie, like Kev, you know, you want a proper podcast. You want to have a professional podcast. You want to do, you know, uh, grow it. Um, you might want to do live episodes, live shows. You might want to monetize it. You might want to grow it. You might want to get really big reach. Um, so we have those three different levels. So if you email podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk, and we'll do it on a first come, first serve, by the way. So if you're first, then we could go live in 30 days. If you're 15th or 20th or 30th, then, you know, you might need to wait a little bit of extra time and get put in the queue. We do have an offer at the moment, a lockdown offer. So what we're doing is we're reducing. Well, in fact, we're completely taking away our setup fee. Um, we ask for just 90 days uh, up front on your monthly. Um, and with two months notice, if you decide that it's not for you, you can cancel us. So your absolute maximum exposure is just five months. By then you'll be five months live with your podcast. And then you can take all the assets back. You own all the assets. We don't own them. So if you decide not to use us in the future, you can just give, uh, we can give you all of the logins and the assets back. Um, uh, so there's no massive upfront fees. They're all, you know, our upfront setup fees are being reduced. We've got discounts on our monthly at the moment on a monthly retainer. And we're doing um, lifetime offers. So you know, there's big discounts for lifetime offers and you only have to put 50% down straight away. Um, so we've got some big deals going on right now because of the lockdown. So if you're interested in, in uh, starting and scaling your podcast, helping you reach a wide audience, then podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk. Um, if you have never had a podcast and you want to get educated uh, and you want to know what to do and how to do it and what your concept should be and your show should be, um, you know, and what your content should be and how to monetize it, then we have a podcast course, um, an online podcast course. Um, I'd recommend you do that before the agency. But if you already have a podcast or already know what you're doing, you can use the agency. But again, if you email us at podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk, then we can tell you what that course entails, whether the course is what you need or you can go straight to the agency or you, you, you know, you need both. We can advise you and guide you on what level is right for you if you're not sure. The start of the pro, the studio pro. Um, we've got, like I said, a budget to fit all, a lower budget or a higher budget, depending on your goals and what you want to achieve. And we've got special discounts in the lockdown, which will expire um, once I um, finish the live stream. I don't know, Felicity, uh, if there's anyone else speaking after this, I'll, I'll hand over. Um, let me know. Um, in fact, why don't you WhatsApp me? I've got the WhatsApp open. Why don't you WhatsApp me? Or am I finishing off? Um, let me know, because um, if I'm finishing off, by the time we're finished, then the, the lockdown offer will expire. I'm the last one. I'm doing the graveyard shift. Um, so in a couple of minutes, the big discounts. We've got massive discounts on the um, Studio Pro Lifetime. We've got big discounts on the monthly, and we're waiving the setup fee. So podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk if you want to know one of our three levels on the podcast agency. If you want the baby, 
but not the labor pains. If like Kev Clifton, you want us to do everything for you so you can do great content, get great guests, and you can grow the reach of your podcast and monetize it. And if you're a newbie, you might want to consider doing our podcast, Fast Start Online Masterclass. I'm done, I think. I've had a great time. I really enjoyed hanging out with Jake and Katie and Kevin on behalf of all of us to thank them because, you know, I think that it was really great what they did. I think this is big. Well, look, three massive celebrities like that. Have we ever done a better podcast quarterly masterclass mastermind? Sorry. I don't know. Uh, and, and we actually, I actually invite a few of my community members to get that for free just to be a voyeur and just to see what we're about. So email podcast at progressiveproperty.co.uk. If you want to do the podcast online course or um, want to talk to us about applying for our podcast agency where we've got big discounts and no setup fees um, and just three months upfront and just two months um, cancellation. So you've got very low risk um, and discounts on the monthly. Um, yeah. And cool special offers going on right now. Thanks, everyone. You are awesome. I love you all. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.